It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. Uh, I am occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX and your mayor of Phoenix, Arizona, because I am in Phoenix, Arizona. It's, of course, Derek Montilla, and I'm joined by the vice mayor of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, and the winter meetings. It's the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Jesse, how are things there in Nashville? It seems so far like they're a bit boring. Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, I just have to tell everyone that I'm in this weird position where if I look at Derek, it looks like I'm looking at the ground. Um, Don't look at me. You look so at the I'm camera. just gonna you I'm just gonna try to ignore Derek the entire show so that it can look like I'm actually talking into the camera. That that is nothing new, Jesse. That is absolutely nothing new for this show uh, <laughs> and for you co-hosting anything with me. So that's it'll be fine. We'll get through it. But uh, I joke, of course, about things being uh, boring there in Nashville, but. Obviously, today being day one of the winter meetings, uh, not a lot has has popped off yet there there uh, for for MLB. No, no, not exactly. Uh, we still we still don't know where Eric Fetty is headed, which feels like one of one of the greatest injustices <laughs> in the world question. today. Yeah. Is that that was that was reported what like seven or yeah. eight hours ago at this point that Eric Fetty right. had signed with with some unknown team, and we still haven't yeah. figured out who that unknown team is, to my knowledge. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's basically what we're dealing with today, Derek, is, uh, you know, trying to figure out where, you know, the mystery team that signed Eric Fetty is pretty much the most exciting thing. Well, we I, I, mean, right I, know now, you all, so. I know you already haven't figured out about who where Shohei Otani is going. That's already a done deal. No, that's that's old news now at this point. No one's talking about that. Um, but yeah, no, of course, nothing's going on. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, though, did say that Yoshinobu Yamamoto is kind of the talk of the winter meetings. Did you get the feel for that? Is, as his name been brought up uh, quite a bit? Yeah. I mean, you know, his name didn't come up at all when we were talking with Mike Hazen earlier today. So I can't say like, uh, you know, in any of the conversations I've had with D-backs front office members or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, it's no question that this market right now is really waiting on, on two people primarily, right? It's Shohei Otani and it's Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who it appears is going to get, significantly more money than even i anticipated going in i mean close, you, you know you picture a, a 20 million yeah like i didn't really see that coming i mean you picture like a 25 year old free agent and you you know you kind of expect that a 25 year old who has top of the rotation type potential at least like yeah i mean that doesn't really happen in in the majors 
ever, right? Like you don't have guys hit free agency at 25 years old who have the ability to be that good. So it makes sense to me on one hand, but also I think it's like mildly insane because like we've never seen Yamamoto pitch um, in uh, in the majors at all. Uh, there's obviously no track record there at all. And, you know, his numbers were certainly good enough over in Japan that I think people expect he'll, he'll do pretty well for himself. But you don't know until you know. So, you know, that'll be an interesting thing to monitor. Well, and obviously there's going to be a lot of storylines that develop. Uh, things things opened up strong. We already had the Braves opening up the winter meetings by completing a five-player trade with the Mariners on Sunday night, right? And so that uh, that that got things started. But aside from that, not much else going on. But of course, of course, the Braves are are in the middle of being active. Yeah, I mean, the Braves have basically supplied all of the hot stove like intrigue that we've had so far. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, not not quite all of it, but like maybe almost yeah. half of it at this point, I think is is pretty fair to say with the whole Aaron Bummer trade that they made recently. Um, yeah, it, it that was an interesting deal. I, this seems like every day uh, life gets a little bit worse for Seattle Mariners fans. Uh, which it, which is sad, you know, I mean, I, I lived in, I lived up there in the, in the Northwest, not that long ago. So, yeah. uh, certainly have a, have a soft spot for that fan base and they're, they're a passionate bunch. And yeah, I mean, I saw a quote from Scott service, uh, today during, during his press conference, uh, we spoke with some, some of the managers today, Tori Lavello spoke as part of that as well. Um, and I don't remember his exact words. This is a rough paraphrase, but Scott service said something about the, the, the hand that we've been dealt, you know, like this being what the Mariners had to do given the hand that they've been dealt, which basically tells you everything you need to know in my mind about their, the reality of their payroll situation and what appears to be some, some cuts that have kind of been mandated there and a fan base that is understandably not very happy about that. Well, and a, and a fan base that felt like they were close, that they were building towards something exciting. And now, so far, that's it's not really what they're seeing reflected by by ownership, right? I mean, it would be like the Diamondbacks making the run that they made in the World Series and then kind of see them start dismantling the team almost a bit. And I'm not saying necessarily that's the case, but like, you know, again, there was there were some strong feelings about Gino coming over here from a lot of people you know, about him being the heart and soul of that Mariners team. And uh, again, like I know that the Diamondbacks due to free agency are going <laughs> to lose some of the guys that have kind of been a, been a big part of the team's heart and soul, but it doesn't really feel like, you know, they're, they're doing that. And that would be a bit devastating after the success that they had in 2023. It's a really weird trade too. I mean, like Jared Kalenic is not, you know, certainly hasn't lived up to the prospect hype that a lot of, you know, a lot of Mariners fans, I think, saw him being a star player. And at the beginning of the 2023 season, it really looked like Jared Kalenic was about to become a star player, that he was really blossoming into that, you know, didn't finish the season especially well. But what this basically looks like for the Mariners is, um, you know, them basically getting rid of some money and tying Jared Kalinick in there in order to do so. They are getting an interesting pitching prospect back in the deal as well. Cole Phillips, I think, was the number seven uh, prospect in Atlanta system, according to MLB Pipeline. Guy who, who missed time due to Tommy John surgery, hasn't pitched professionally yet, but has, you know, some pretty intriguing stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this isn't totally like Diamondbacks uh, trading, you know, trying to get off of Bronson Arroyo's contract and including Tuki Toussaint. They're the return here is a little bit more interesting uh, from the Mariners perspective, but not 
maybe not all that much. Like, like it, it is, I think, kind of a disheartening thing to see if you're a Mariners fan. Yeah. Well, the uh, hot stove hasn't really heated up for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they don't appear to have anything close right now. We haven't really heard them tied to any rumors. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not in on stuff, but you know, when you when you look at a lot of these big name free agents, especially the starting pitchers, the Arizona isn't in the mix. It doesn't feel like that that right now they're being brought up even in rumors connected to really anybody. We we heard the Justin Turner rumors earlier. We've heard a couple of uh, names brought up like uh, JD Martinez, Nick Pecoro brought up JD Martinez as potentially being a good fit to bring back for that DH. But um, what did Hazen have to say today? Because I know you tra- had a chance to speak to him. Uh, you you invaded his hotel room. I'm I'm that you you. Uh, that's my understanding that you went in his hotel room. That's that's the way it works at the winter meetings. That's, yeah, it's it's. Uh, this it's makes little... sense why I'm not there. This def- that definitely makes <laughs> sense right there why I'm not there. But uh, what did, what did Hayes have to say? Well, first of all, uh, there were Mike and Ike's uh, on the coffee table, so it appeared that appeared that Mike Hazen and, and uh, Mike Fitzgerald, uh, who was also there, they were they were enjoying their Mike and Ike's. Um, but that's uh, brand. <laughs> it, I mean, brand. it does make sense, right? I mean, there yeah. are literally two yeah. people in the same room named Mike. I mean, it's named just Mike. I mean, it's yeah. common sense, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as far as today, we talked mostly about starting pitching and the Diamondbacks' pursuits on their front. It doesn't particularly sound like the Diamondbacks are. Um, I, I have a hard time believing that they're playing at the top of the market. I guess is is what I would say. Mike Hazen did say uh, today that the Diamondbacks are engaged. Um, you know, at every at every part of the starting pitcher free agent market, but you know, even Hazen acknowledged. You know, where does that land us at the end of the day? There's a lot of competition out there. I don't expect the D-backs to, to get Yamamoto or Blake Snell or, you know, any of those guys at the top of the market. I'm not going to say it's totally impossible, but you're right. The rumors haven't really been out there recently, and I have to believe that, you know, there's probably a reason for that. Um, we thought, at least we hypothesized, that maybe a trade was more likely just due to the expense, just due to the market, the cost, all of that. Um, but... Hazen said that that they are more likely to land their starting pitcher through free agency than a trade. That's what he said today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was fairly cut and dry. He did say, you know, we're still engaged in the, in the trade market as well. So he, sure. you know, certainly sounds like things could change, but yeah, I mean, he was just asked today. I mean, you know, do you see this kind of leaning one way or another? And it was a, pretty clear cut answer. So wouldn't, wouldn't close the door entirely on the diamondbacks trading for, for a starting pitcher, or I guess making a trade and, you know, to improve some other aspect of the team, but it doesn't seem like that's where things are headed right now. I know one of our mailbag Monday questions has to do with this, but uh, is, are, are we talking still like a, a lower mid tier guy or the diamondbacks swinging for the fences potentially on one of these big names that, that, that are out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess kind of what I said earlier, like Hazen is is currently saying what he said today is that the Diamondbacks are engaged, you know, in, in all parts of, of the free agent market, including that very top tier from, from what we can gather. Um, but he also said that, you know, it just doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of confidence that the Diamondbacks would, would come out on top there given how much competition there is. And I mean, you know, if Yamamoto goes out and, and does get the contract that people 
seem to think he's going to get now, like maybe even approaching $300 million. Obviously he's in a, he's in a pretty different situation than a lot of the other guys in the market. I mean, Blake Snell's not 25 years old, but you still have to have to feel like if, if Yamamoto is getting, you know, 270 or whatever it winds up being, Blake Snell's not going to get 140, you know, like it, there's going to have to be some more, it's going to have to be a little bit more balanced than that. So with the way that things are trending now, it's pretty hard to see the Diamondbacks competing at the very top tier of the market. Could they be like a step below that? I mean, I guess Jordan Montgomery is one of those guys who's, um, you know, probably not going to command quite as much as as some of those other top tier arms. Uh, you know, probably not going to get what Aaron Nolan got. Probably not going to get, uh, you know, what Blake Snell will ultimately get either. But Beyond the Jordan Montgomery level, it's really hard to imagine. And honestly, even Jordan Montgomery himself, I, I'm not sure the D-backs are quite going to be able to go that high. Well, this is what uh, Mike Hazen had to say uh, about them trying to go for some of those top-tier uh, pitchers. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're, we're engaged all over the free agent market. So depending on, like, how you – I mean, gallons of one. So, like, getting somebody that's over a one, like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that That's – I mean, he, you know, probably should have won the Cy Young. So, like, it, it's hard for me to say that we'd be getting somebody over Zach, um, no matter what we were planning on doing. But we're involved in the in the entirety of the free agent market and the starting pitching. We just, I don't know where that's all going to land. There's a, there's a lot of competition out there. I completely get what he's saying there. Like, they're not looking for an ace. They have their ace. And, I mean, they have their 1A and 1B guy, essentially. Right. Like, not even a 1-2 punch. But... Yeah, I mean, I also understand the the idea here that there are, are some top tier arms available out there, and who who gives a damn about where they would be in the rotation? It's just, you know, I, I get I get they're trying to pursue somebody, but they're most likely with their the financial situation and the positional needs they still have, they can't really put all their eggs in the basket of going after one of these S tier starting pitchers available on the market. And I think that's why they're not connected via some of these rumors and some of these, you know, kind of here's 10 teams that are all interested in Otani. It's like, there's 30 teams that are interested in Otani. There's no, there's no, like, like a lot of these guys, there are 30 teams interested in them. That's not just the ones that they name. It's just the idea here of you guys start looking at what they're going to command in the market and, and the money's available that is available. We've discussed this. We had Nick, yeah. Picoro's, you know, we had Nick Picoro's report about how much the diamondbacks we're possibly looking to spend. And, you know, so far the numbers, the math ain't mathin', Jesse, the math ain't mathin' for them <laughs> to go out there and be able to get all these positional needs filled and also bring in uh, some of these top pitchers that are available on the free agent market. Yeah, I think uh, I think Elise uh, made the comment in the chat. It, it was, you know, it, it is a, an interesting thing to hear if, you know, if you really only have $20 million to spend from yeah. that Nick Pecora report recently, it, it, it that is interesting like okay you're going to get your starting pitcher via free agency and you're and you only have 20 million dollars to spend well i mean at that point it's like how do we actually fill all these needs that the diamondbacks have it seems like there's maybe like you know between starting pitcher and outfield and dh and backup catcher and maybe some bullpen help it's abundantly clear to me at this point the d-backs aren't going to be able to do everything there's just not Correct. i just i think they're going to be like one thing short maybe and it's just at this point a question of 
what is that thing? Are they getting an outfielder, but not a DH type? Are they getting a DH type? But, you know, like Jake McCarthy is sort of being relied upon as your everyday outfielder. Um, there was also some conversation about two starting pitchers as opposed to one today, which we'll get into. I, I don't know if, if they're going to be able to check all those boxes. They're probably just going to have to, you know, kind of get what's in front of them. And my guess is there's going to be sort of one thing left over at the end. You ruined it for me because I was going to do a but wait. Let's make <laughs> it more complicated because they're like you said, Mike Hazen made comments today about wanting not just one starting pitcher, but two. How? Where? With what money? I say this to my wife quite often about a lot of the things that she wants to do in that order, in that voice, in that tone, Jesse. How? <laughs> With what money? Right? Like, so I don't understand how this is going to work. But I, I feel like the only true answer here is that the Diamondbacks really aren't committed to this set dollar amount that we have read this report about. That they could potentially, if the opportunity presents itself, spend more money than they are basically saying right now that they're looking to spend right that that that's the only answer for them to be able to fill all these positional needs and bring home two starting pitcher pitchers yeah i mean i guess i guess let's start by hearing what mike hazen had to say about that here was mike when this is a question i asked today about the possibility of, of acquiring two starting pitchers no adding multiple starting pitchers would be the ideal outcome in some ways yeah just to build ourselves out but we still have that group of young pitchers starters that that are going to play a major role on our team and if that's the way it goes to build the rotation and build the lineup and go into the probably the reliever market at some point we're not going to do that we didn't do that right away but if we end up doing that at some point um then you know i don't know that we do all those things <laughs> and and so i think that group of young pitchers is in the five hole at that point I think that picture, by the way, is fascinating. Tail looks so sad. You got some, uh, I, don't, I don't know who the gentleman in the background who is deciding whether or not Mike is important enough to stick around and talk to there in that <laughs> image, but there's a lot of stuff going on and I like it. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah, it, it doesn't sound as much like he thinks that that's going to happen as much as he's like, yeah. ideally, yes, we would like to do that. We do know how short we are in starting pitching. And we would love to go out there and pursue that. And maybe the maybe the opportunity presents itself if they do a bit of bargain shopping, you know, and, and not to discredit the guys that they could p pick up, but maybe just some of those guys that aren't going to cost them nearly as much money, not only this year, but, you know, future money, you know, connected to, to them as well. Uh, and, and maybe still bring in too, but they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if it is that the Diamondbacks are the mystery team that is landing the legendary Eric Fetty, um, you know, noted popular Scott Boris client, um, then the I, I think that was, the market. that was reported as five million a year. So, like, if you're if you're bargain shopping to that degree, maybe if you spend five million on a starting pitcher, you do have some space to to go yeah. and get another one if you kind of stretch yeah. the twenty million a little bit. But yeah, in most, I mean, in most conceivable scenarios, the D-backs are getting two starting pitchers who are actually, you know, like upgrades over, you know, a, a Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson type, like guys that, you know, are viable major league starters who have some kind of a track record. Um, it, yeah, it's really hard to see the Diamondbacks being able to get two of those guys and stay within the $20 million that we've been floating around and address the other needs that they have offensively. Uh, you know, backup catcher, DH slash outfielder, as I said earlier, uh, bullpen help as well, factoring in potentially. So 
it's hard. It, yeah, there, there's a reason I think that that Mike answered that question is ideally because it it doesn't right. Well, I mean, what is ideal does not always actually happen because of you know the limitations that you have, and it kind of looks like those limitations are going to be too great for the D-backs to get two starters, even though it's something they want. And who knows, maybe maybe they're able to find a way to make it work. Well, obviously, one of those concerns is the fact that they have a a limited time frame for some of the members of the roster. And, you know, the future does look good for this team. They have a number of 23-year-old guys right now that got an incredible experience this postseason. But there are guys, like we've talked about, we know Zach Gallon, but Merrill Kelly, another guy that we don't talk about nearly enough, uh, you know, being not not having too much time left here, as well as Christian Walker, right? So it feels like if the Diamondbacks are going to pursue – maybe some of those pitchers that aren't going to cost them nearly as much. It could fit, uh, you know, short, short-term deal on a guy that's not going to cost you nearly as much is going to fit that timeline, uh, at least for those, you know, guys and, and trying to win in this short term, trying to build on the success of this world series and trying to get back there next year, uh, you know, and in 2025, then this actually feels like maybe, maybe something they can do, but, but, you know, quite, quite a big of a long, long shot. This is, yeah, I mean, this is something that uh, I talked with Patrick about the other day when uh, our our good friend Patrick Lyons was on the show uh, filling in while you were slacking on vacation or whatever you were doing. Um, No idea the amount of, I worked harder (laughs) on that day than I've ever worked a day at PHNX. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) It's the holiday season. I had a lot of work to do. Uh, uh, Fair enough. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, um, I think I just think it's at least to me it's clear that the Diamondbacks should they don't have to be crazy aggressive this you know this offseason next offseason I don't want to make it sound like they should you know trade the entire farm system or something but at the same time I do think it it makes sense to have some urgency about pushing the chips in on 2024 and 2025 considering as you were talking about Christian Walker has one more season here, at least under his current deal. Merrill Kelly is under team control for two more years and and is aging a little bit, um, although he certainly hasn't shown it. Zach Gallen, of course, you know the two years as we've mentioned many times. So, if if the Diamondbacks are you know being being realistic and you know recognizing what things could look like in a couple of years, it makes sense to really try to you know push the chips in and take advantage of. You know, you've got a lot of guys who are young and not making very much money right now. Corbin Carroll's not going to make, you know, $3 million or whatever it is in 2024 for very long. So these are important years where your roster is is cost controlled pretty nicely. And I think it kind of makes sense to push some of those chips in. I asked a question along those lines to Mike today, and uh, here's what he had to say. So the urgency is that we made it to the of the World Series last year and trying to replicate that season. Yeah. That's the ultimate urgency. Um, having some mind of where the nucleus of our team is from a control standpoint, yes, that adds. Yes, we're, we're, we're aware of, like, you know, what the rotation might look like three years down the line um, or the lack of answer for that right now. So, but... The urgency is to go back out there and replicate what we just did. That's the urgency that I feel. I, I and that should be the urgency, right? I mean, that feels like the correct yeah. sense of urgency to not try to just, you know, be like, "Hey, we were here early. This was a good run. You know, let's let's try to stick to the plan." 
I feel like this pushes his hand a bit and has to change maybe a longer term plan that they might have had for this team into, you know, hey, we need we need to try to stay competitive and we need to try to build on this, you know, success. This is a good team that that felt like they were very close to potentially winning a championship. They were, right? I mean, you know, there was obviously a number of... Just like three games away from it, Jesse. (laughs) They were three games away. And, you know, there are the naysayers out there who would say that, you know, maybe the Diamondbacks didn't deserve to be there or whatever. Uh, I I don't think we have to... They went through some tough opponents, buddy. I mean, I don't know. I can't... It's not like... It's not like they... You know, I've seen those playoff runs teams have had where, like, things worked out for them. You know, oh, a, a lower seed team beat a bigger seed in front of them, and then they had to take on like a seventh seed or whatever, and so the road was easy. And then there was an injured superstar or whatever. They that was not the case. That was not the case. They took on the best teams in the National League uh, in some of the toughest environments, and they won. And I mean, again, there 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 might have been this idea that they didn't belong in any of those scenarios, so that made have made might have helped them not have the pressure on them and have the pressure on their, you know, opposition, but still, I mean, I, what Mike Hazen is saying is a hundred percent true. You, you basically do have to act like those three guys aren't going to be here at the end of their deals. And, and you have to try, you got to try to win it for them and you got to try to win it with them because those three guys were arguably, you know, 40%, 30% of the reason why this team is here. Like those three guys did so much this season. And even though Christian Walker had a rough postseason. He was incredible all year long, and and you know there's still no denying how good he was defensively all the time. It really is remarkable that I mean Christian Walker is you know been on the been on the wrong side of thirty uh, for a little while now, and and yeah, I mean defensively is still is still spectacular. But I'm yeah, incredible. this this kind of leads into another conversation that we had with Mike today, which is how willing are you to deal from the very top of your farm system? I think it's pretty clear right now, at least from from my perspective, Diamondbacks farm system is Jordan Lawler, Drew Jones, Tommy Troy, and then everyone else. And it's not to say that there aren't some valuable pieces there, some guys who could become great players. There are some guys who have, I think, relatively high ceilings, but they're just really far away right now. There are some guys there that could be good baseball players, but in terms of like trade value, Tommy Troy, Drew Jones, and Jordan Lawler, I think, are, are kind of in a class of their own. And so my question was, you know, I mean, to what degree are you willing to, to deal from that group? And, you know, Hazen, as you'd expect, kind of chose some middle ground. It wasn't like, yes, we are definitely trading them. And it, and it wasn't like, no, we are not willing to even yeah. discuss it. He basically said that the Diamondbacks are open to any trade. And he talked about the value of those guys, especially the ones that are close to the majors. So I guess Jordan Lawler, maybe even kind of put Tommy Troy, at least somewhat in that category, given that he's a college player who should rise through the system, you know, fairly quickly, you you would think. Um, you know, those guys are, are players that the Diamondbacks value a lot, especially given that they could be on the major league roster really soon. Mike referred to them as young major leaguers. Uh, less so than less so than prospects, which you can, especially with Lawler, you can certainly understand where he's coming from sure. there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like a situation where in the right deal, the Diamondbacks, I think, would be willing to to part with those guys. Certainly is not, you know, they're, I don't think they're shopping them or anything. I, I think they would certainly like to keep them if they can. But the Diamondbacks are are in a position right now to, as we were saying earlier, to to be pretty aggressive, um, not, not 
reckless, but be pretty aggressive in 2024 and in 2025. And if there's a deal out there that they like, that they feel really meaningfully improves this team, if it involves one of those guys, it sounds like it's something that they would consider. Diamondbacks are getting some calls about their relievers to the surprise of nobody. And <laughs> Jesse, well, that's kind of to this. I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be surprising, but like it's but still, it is. Doesn't, but it is it kind of surprising. Sit, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's also it's also surprising to say like that's not an area that they really it's not to say that they wouldn't add a bullpen arm it's not to say that they don't need to still try to continue to evolve their bullpen and get better but at the same time it doesn't really feel like that's a main area of concern It's really not yeah and it's so maybe when, it's when did we because... say that is that the first time ever that we've ever said that for a postseason or, or you know uh, any kind of free agency period that they don't need to do something about their bullpen yeah we, i mean we we had a you know i mean even mike was kind of laughing at that when we were talking about it today because he was like i mean how many times we've we been sitting in this room every year and we're talking about how many it's not do the diamondbacks need bullpen help it's how many bullpen how many arms, arms do they need yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it, is it yeah. three? Is it four? Is it just, <laughs> is it just erase the whole thing and start over again? Yeah. Right. We, you know, yeah. it at least feels like we've had some of those years too. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a really different position that the diamondbacks find themselves in right now where their bullpen heading into 2024 is in a decent spot. I, I wouldn't say it's a top five bullpen. I, I, I think it's important to be realistic about, you know, what happened the last couple months of the year and not expect like a sub two ERA from the bullpen uh, in, in 2024. I don't know if the, like the peripheral numbers there really support the Diamondbacks having like a top five bullpen in the league or anything like that, even though that's basically what they were in, in, you know, in September and, and leading into October, but it, it still seems to be something that, you know, if not a strength, is at least not something that's going to hurt them as it has been in the past. And yeah, as you pointed out, uh, something that Mike talked about today where he's getting hits. He said he's getting hits on all of his relievers. He's gotten hits on all of his relievers except for Paul Seawald is what he said today. Um, he's been contacted about everyone else. And Seawald, you can kind of understand the D-backs literally just traded yeah. for Paul Seawald. Yeah, so yeah, it'd, be yeah. a little, it'd be a little weird to, to flip him at this right. point. Right. It would be like calling them about Gabby. Right. Like, I hope he's leaving them on read when it comes to Gabby, when they when they text him about Gabby or 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 is he actually taking physical phone calls, Jesse? Like, what is what is happening here? Is Mike Hazen, uh do they do they do they speak in person? How, how does how do things get done at these winter meetings? Obviously, you invaded his hotel room. So I feel like that's just fair game for any GM to just kick in the door and walk in there and start talking to him. Yeah, you know, uh, Dave Dombrowski was like trying to bang on the door while we were in there and we told him to go away. Um, <laughs> no, that, that didn't happen. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely seemed, I mean, there is a face-to-face -face component to it for sure. Mike talked about how much he enjoys being able to see people in the industry yeah. that he doesn't get to see very often. And I'm sure they have at least some conversations face-to-face, -face, whether it be with agents or with front office members of other teams. But the reality is that it at least appears to me that the vast majority of, you know, those kind of communications happens over text and over and by the phone. Uh, I mean, of course, the winter meetings is one of the few opportunities throughout the year where these these people are actually in the same place. And yet, even when they are in the same place, it sounds like they still do a pretty good amount of texting and phone calling. <laughs> but Mike, Mike did make it a point today to 
explain that he's one of those people where if you text him, he doesn't text back. He calls back. He's oh. one of those people who prefers to have discussions over the phone. I am also of one of those people. You know that. You know I that, do. Jesse. I, do I will. That, I will. Yes. You'll even ask me, are you driving or something? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I just don't want to. This is a 40-minute text conversation or potentially just a five-minute verbal conversation let's just get this taken care of now uh i appreciate that for mike hazen for sure but uh rumors continue to swirl about who the diamondbacks could be connected to but nothing concrete yet have you heard anything new as far as who they could be potentially looking into there were a few a few reports that that floated out there today. People have probably seen on Twitter. Uh, I know CJ Crone was a name that popped up in in one spot. Apologize, I'm I'm forgetting the the Twitter account that I saw that from. Uh, CJ Crone, not a particularly great player. I honestly not even sure if I would expect him to get a major league contract. I guess he would be like the ultra budget option if the D-backs were looking for a DH. You know, maybe a bounce back candidate type, someone who could be a league average hitter or something like that. Um, you know, I, I guess there could be some value in that for them, but JD Martinez and Justin Turner are the names that we're kind of seeing in multiple places. It it seems like those are, those are both, uh, you know, both substantive and probably Justin Turner more so than JD Martinez. It seems like, uh, there have been mixed reports about their interest in Martinez, whereas Justin Turner is pretty clear across the board that there's some level of interest there. Yeah, two out of three of those are fine, but one of those, and I'll leave that up to you to decide which one would be probably a huge disappointment as far <laughs> as an acquisition uh, for the Diamondbacks. So, uh, and I'm not going to badmouth anybody. So, like I said, I'll leave that up to mystery for you guys to figure out which one uh, I would be disappointed with of those three. But I'm sure we would probably agree on that. Again, though, uh, part of it is just factoring in you know how much money the Diamondbacks have to spend and I I think it's all going to depend on what moves they make I think if we see them land a a fairly decent starting pitcher that you know substantially improves their starting rotation which I really feel isn't isn't super difficult I feel like the Diamondbacks right now just need a solid pitcher it doesn't even need to be one of those names that completely blows you away but just a guy that could you know pick up this starting rotation and and make it look a little bit more solid one through four instead of, you know, right now where there are a lot of question marks after Brandon fought there in the starting rotation, but that's what it feels like. Totally. It's like the, you know, the E-Rods, the Michael Walkers, the Seth Lugos, uh, James Paxton guy who'd cost a little bit less. There's some durability questions, but kind of a, maybe a similar level of pitcher when he's at his best, that tier of starters kind of what it, is really speculation on my part right now but that's yeah. sort of what it feels like the diamondbacks are are pursuing um but you know hopefully we'll we'll get that narrowed down here in the next couple of days the michael walker uh, the the michael walker memes jesse are going to be off the hook there are going to be so many fozzy yeah, bear have a, you have a great time I'm gonna have a field day with that it's like when it's like that sick feeling that sean got when we when we got tommy fam and the minute that we got it, we saw Sean like hold his head down in disgust in both of his hands. And we asked what was wrong. And he was like, the amount of like, what up fam? And we fa- we hear fam jokes that are going to yeah. come through is going to be disgusting. And it's like, you have seen nothing yet until the Diamondbacks get Michael Walker. But anyway, uh, well, we appreciate you guys being here for our, uh, I guess, 
not really late, late night, but it is, it is Mailbag Monday after dark here on the PHNX Diamondback Show. So we appreciate you being here to accommodate for Jesse's tardiness. You know, he has all these people to talk to and hotel rooms to invade, but make sure if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet here on YouTube, do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Leave us a like. We always appreciate that. It's our it's our attaboys, and we like attaboys around here. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, we appreciate you listeners too. Make sure you're subscribed over there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate those five-star reviews. They help us quite a bit. Uh, but of course, one of the things that I uh, was doing when I was out, like Jesse said, I was out, is I was stocking up on Arizona Lottery Holiday Scratchers for everybody on my shopping list. I, I started to fill some stockings, but then I decided I have plenty of time. So I decided to just keep those scratchers for myself, uh, scratch off some tickets. Jesse, we won $4. So $2 of that, of course, is yours and goes to your flight fund. So maybe you can upgrade, uh, I don't know, something. Maybe, yeah, that's going to get me on first class on the way home. I, we'll sure. see what happens. I mean, I, you're on Frontier, so I mean, it might go a long way or it might go no way at all. So we'll see. But uh, I will say there is a scratcher for everyone on your list. And once we hit that big one, my man, uh, we will get you in first class. And you won't have to wear all of your clothes on you. Uh, we'll, we'll get you on an airline that you can take a bag, I promise. But uh, scratchers can start out at just $1, but could win you as much as half a million dollars so do not miss out on the opportunity to get those today uh stocking stuffers procrastinators uh even people that have plenty of time to shop everybody loves holiday scratchers from arizona lottery so go out and buy your holiday scratchers today uh and of course holiday season can be stressful so a great way for you to deal with the stress is with wink seltzers which are available online for consumers to buy direct to their doorsteps at drinkwink.com that's w-y-n-k their product is a uh, THC and CBD seltzer beverage in each can. It comes with two and a half milligrams and now five milligram cans are available. And they're, like I said, are a great, great way for you to uh, relax around the family and enjoy yourself. Maybe this stressful holiday season, uh, they contain zero sugar and zero calories and come in a variety of flavors, including mango, lime, and my favorite, the black cherry. So they taste crisp and clean and refreshing they have zero hangover effect and again they are a great alternative if you're trying to avoid alcohol or sugar or any of that stuff you can buy them online in 12 24 and variety packs right now and use code promo code phnx for an additional 50 percent off that is 50 percent off your total order uh, so don't miss out today of course, again, we appreciate you guys for being here. We appreciate you being here every Monday. I appreciate Jesse being here with me uh, on the show for the whole show, even though he's in Nashville, right? No big blurry, Jesse. We have him looking great over there today. But whether Jesse is here in Phoenix or in Nashville or halfway across the world, it's still Monday. And you know what Monday is. Monday, we do the thing on Monday. Of course, every year is our year. Every week on this show is Winter Meetings Week. That's the way it works every week on this show, Winter Meetings Week. Sorry, Jesse. That's that's the life now that you live. I'm going uh, to be here every, for a while. <laughs> you're going to be there for a long time, but it's a very nice-looking hotel, so I think you'll be all right. right. But uh, It's gorgeous. But uh, also, every month, of course, uh, Pride Month around here. But every Monday on this very show, we go to the mailbag. Damon, can we go to the mailbag? Uh, mailbag. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. All right. What do we got for our first uh, letter in the mailbag? Comes from Gabriel. Gabriel says, uh, will the D-back shock the baseball world with a trade or a free agent signing? And I'm guessing 
by Gabriel, meaning shock the world. We're talking about one of those big deals. Uh, feels, Jesse, like if that would happen, my, the, the shocking the world type deal might happen more through a trade than a free agency deal. Is that fair to say? I mean, at this point, like the bar for shocking the world as far as MLB hot stove stuff is concerned is quite low. So, I mean, it don't like if if the Diamondbacks like came out and and you know were the Eric Fetty team or like signed Michael Walker or something, that would be. I mean, I guess maybe not shocking exactly, but like, uh, you know, somewhat surprising that that uh, you know someone managed to actually uh, warm the hot stove mildly. Something going, yeah. They got like something, cooking. uh, something yeah. happening, um. But yeah, I mean, as as we kind of said earlier, it's it's a little hard to envision the Diamondbacks playing at the top of the market in free agency. That's something we've kind of suspected all along. On the trade market, I guess you can't really count out uh, shocking the baseball world. I mean, I don't know if shocking the baseball world would be the the right way to categorize the trade they made last year with the Blue Jays, but it was certainly a, a fascinating trade, a trade that was very very interesting and yeah uh, you know uh, i think something that i think a lot of a lot of baseball analysts enjoyed you know the just these kinds of challenge trades you've got two players with a lot of a lot of service time or a lot of years of control excuse me remaining on both sides so you know i mean let's be fair a lot of people outside of the toronto blue jays fan base and the arizona diamondbacks fan base did not know who Dalton Varsho or Gabriel Moreno uh, were. And I'm not taking anything away from yeah. those guys. There's plenty of baseball nerds that knew how great both of those guys were. But I'm just saying it wasn't it wasn't a shock the world, uh, like a name, uh, like household name kind of thing where like, you know, your casual baseball fan is going to understand the impact of that, you know, uh, of that player changing hand teams from one team to another. You know, Juan Soto, that's the kind of player I think that when he gets traded, which seems like an inevitability is going to be kind of a shock the world type trade a, a bit if, if he goes to certain teams, right? Yeah, that, that's like the, almost expected, right? But yeah, I guess. Well, I, guess I just mean Soto it depends. Went to like some crazy team that no one's expecting, like, like then, the Brewers. Yeah. yeah, like the Brewers got him, or like yeah. the Diamondbacks got him. That would be a shock the world move, right? Yeah, but yeah. if if it's the Yankees, if it's the you know one of these other teams, like yeah, no, there's no surprise there that they go out and make that trade for Juan Soto. So I guess going back to the question though, is I I think the way that I would be shocked is if they actually were able to ball out on a budget and get this shopping list that they have done and, and stay within the budgetary constraints that they had set for themselves or kind of said that they were going to stick to. So if that's the case, that would shock the hell out of me. So what else we got, Damon? Uh, our, our baby boy Aaron Hughes says, since things just got a whole lot more interesting, if the Diamondbacks get a starter in free agency, where do we think they fall? Most of the lower to mid tier starters are off the market. I know we've answered a lot of these questions, but uh, I don't. What did things get more interesting? Did I miss something? Because so far, I don't feel like things have gotten interesting, Jesse. Um, I am. I am very still waiting for things to get a lot more interesting. But uh, what what do we think here? Again, we we really think that the Diamondbacks, if they do get that uh, starter, you know, uh, he, he does make a good point. We are starting to see, you know, some of, uh, you know, the, the I, not lower, but I mean, you know, when, if we start to see some of these more of these mid-tier, you know, value kind of starting pitchers fall and, and all that's left are kind of some of the higher priced free agents like, what what do the Diamondbacks do? Do they just not not make that move? 
There's, I mean, there's still a decent number of, of those guys out there. I think, uh, you know, Wade Miley signed with the Brewers today. That was a report that came out today. Um, he was maybe a, maybe a guy that would have kind of fit into the tier that we suspect the diamondbacks are, are, are going right. to ultimately fit in, but there's still other guys. I mean, you know, we've seen Kenta Maeda go, uh, Eric Fetty apparently is going somewhere, but there's still, as I mentioned earlier, Seth Lugo is still out there. Michael Waka is still out there. James Paxton is still out there. Um, I don't know if the D-backs would go down the Mike Clevenger route, but he's still there as well. Um, and and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Marcus Stroman, I, I don't think is maybe totally out of the question either that they could get into, you know, a, a little bit of a higher tier. Eduardo Rodriguez probably in that same uh, region as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing Aaron is saying like things got a lot more interesting in that we kind of have a idea that free agency is the way to go here rather than just sort of guessing like, is yeah. it going to be a free agent signing or yeah. a trade? But uh, yeah, I still think there's enough of those guys out there. And if I had to guess today, I still would kind of put them in that, in that mid range tier. All right. What else we got? Next question comes from Luis and Luis says, I really hope they don't, but do you see the diamondbacks trading away Lawler Jones, Jones or Troy this off season? for anyone and obviously mike hazen's comments that we discussed earlier said that everybody you know like you you said that they were maybe maybe hanging up the phone on gabby and we know they're not even going to call you back if you even think that you're going to call about corbin carroll but <laughs> what, what about these guys i i touched on him a little bit earlier um i i think that i mean from what tory said today this was basically question that I asked, like, I mean, I'm not, I didn't mention these guys by name, but Jordan Lawler, Drew Jones, and Tommy Troy, I think there's a, a case to be made that it's, it's those guys. And then kind of everyone else in this farm system. Right. And yeah, when, when asked about that, as I said earlier, Mike said that their diamondbacks are open to anything. He did talk a lot about the value that those guys have and how, you know, presumably talking about Troy and Lawler, how they could be major league contributors in relatively short order. So the D-backs certainly value those guys heavily, but like we were saying earlier, there's also a sense of, you know, wanting to be aggressive and not just for the sake of the gallon and Merrill and Christian Walker contracts or, you know, kind of the optimal financial situation that they're in right now, but because the D-backs were just in the world series. And when you get to the world series, like you kind of want to get back there. You kind of want to push the chips in again and, and try to go for it again. And because of that, I wouldn't rule out, uh, trading away any of those guys, although I, I still would say it's pretty unlikely. We're always trying to build towards the future, you know? And that's the one thing about sports is there comes a time where you have to build for now. And if, was it a fluke? You know, they, they I, I think that next season is is very important to prove that this team is a good team, that it is a playoff contender team, uh, playoff contending team, and that they didn't get to the World Series last year just on a fluke. I don't think they need to make the World Series again in order to make that statement necessarily yeah. as much as they Agreed. just need to be good enough next year to play those meaningful games late and make the postseason again. Uh, and, you know, just have make a showing, make this something that isn't, you know, something that comes once every seven years for this franchise, put together multiple seasons of at least making the postseason and being a contending team. And I think that, like, there's a part of this franchise that for the last five years 
has not even really been focused on building for now. They've just constantly been kind of building towards the future in a way and, and kind of trying to figure out what their path is and things aligned for them very quickly between the mid part of last season and, and where they got to by the end of this postseason, obviously. Right. But like this team definitely is in a position where sometimes you have to make those tough decisions that might, come back to bite you in the future when you look at a trade and see that one of these young guys went off and became a stud somewhere else, but you still have to value what you get back. And and if they're able to make this organization better for the now, it, it might be worth it, you know, but yeah, it, it, those three guys, those guys, it, it's like, it's, it's hard to doubt that those three guys aren't going to be very, very good major league baseball players at some point in their career. And should you, part ways with them there's always going to be that you know that that thing like the like the cardinals have with zach gallon and the cardinals have with several players that we kind of poked fun at them uh at them this year because they were bad <laughs> cardinals have not been bad like this so there wasn't much to poke fun at prior to this year but now that you have zach gallon and other guys dealing elsewhere that were once in their organization it's kind of fun to take those jabs diamondbacks you know might have to deal with that possibility because they need to build towards this team being good now. Now is the time. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Mike was, we were talking about uh, his comment about uh, free agency over trades when it comes to the starting pitching pursuit. You know, I think it's only reasonable to, we didn't get too deep into this, but I imagine the reason the D-backs are thinking free agency over trade is that, you know, they've seen the asking price for Dylan Cease. They've seen the asking price for Corbin Burns. And I imagine it is extremely high and you're having to grapple with, would you give up, you know, six years potentially of a, a star player, you know, you trade Jordan Lawler, you're, you're risking trading away, you know, six full seasons of a guy who could be extremely good and not make a whole lot of money during that span. There's, there's a lot of risk there. Uh, but Hazen at the same time, I mean, it just seems like he's kind of keeping all these perspectives in balance. He also talked about how, you know, the D-backs aren't out here just trying to hoard years of control of guys, you know, like if they're in a if they're in a situation where they're giving up six years of control of someone and only getting two years of control of a player back, that's not necessarily a non-starter. You yeah. know, maybe in the way that it was last offseason, like when they traded Dalton Varsho, I think it was maybe important for them to get a player back who had more control than Varsho. And they got that in Gabby Moreno. Yeah. I don't think they necessarily yeah. feel that way. I think there there is, you know, a universe in which they trade away some good young players and get back some players who might not be here for very long. It's just a matter of finding the right fit. And as of right now, it doesn't really seem like they've they've found that, but you know, we'll just have to kind of see how things play out. At one point the Phoenix Suns had the timeline, Jesse, right? Well, we don't yes. we have two timelines. We have two timelines. We have the shorter timeline, which I think coincides more with this World Series run, Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly's contracts, and what the Diamondbacks can add in that period of time before the uncertainty of what they're going to do for their next ace comes after that. Maybe it's Brandon Fott. Maybe we figure that out between now and then. Yeah. There's a lot of time for that for that to happen, right? But there has to be those, those two timelines looked at. The short one, you know, and that could be what they're addressing. Uh, and then they have, you know, their their timeline with Corbin Carroll that also has Gabriel Moreno and Alec Thomas and all of these young guys also part of that. So 
there's a lot of excitement around that, but I can understand right now how difficult it is to manage those two timelines and not try to jeopardize one for the other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you still have to, to look, look at, at that. Yeah, you have to look at that six-year timeline as well as like the two-year timeline, and that's uh, not not an easy task for Mike Hazen. But glad the Diamondbacks have him, you know, there in that place because if he was no longer here, I I have no idea what the direction <laughs> would be for this team. That's a scary proposition. I'm glad the Red Sox kicked rocks when it came to bothering him. All right, we got one more, uh, and then I got to do some more ad reads. What we got, Damon? Uh, Travis Moore asks, Hazen stated that starting pitcher is much more likely through free agency. Can we speculate on why our team's asking too much prospect capital or the guys, the D backs are targeting in free agency, not as expensive as we originally thought. Are they really aiming low for starting pitching like a four or five guy? I think we addressed a lot of the stuff there. I think you just talked about it, right? About the trades, you know, essentially what we're seeing teams ask for be too high maybe for the diamondbacks and that spending the money for them is much easier right now than the idea of losing some of these very valuable prospects that they have in their organization. And, and even guys like Jordan Lawler that, you know, he's right down there tier of being a major leaguer versus a, a prospect still. But yeah, like, I mean, I don't think it's anything other than maybe the trade requests are too high. So free agency yeah. makes more sense because again, that's just money. We'll make more right. money, you know, we'll, we'll make more of it. The, that's, that's easier. It's much harder to find talented players and have them in your system. Uh, and then, like I said, trade them away and experience that sense of regret that so many organizations go through when, when trying to make that transition from a team building to a team contending. Yeah. I, I feel like the diamondbacks, I mean, yeah, kind of like we were, we were saying earlier, it, it seems like, I, I don't really think the D-backs are looking for a number five starter. I would be I would be a little surprised if that's if that's what happened. Um Hazen has never, at least in conversations I've been a part of, he's never said we're looking for a number two, we're looking for a number three. You know, he tends to kind of work around questions about like where guys slot in the rotation, because granted it is a little arbitrary. Um, but yeah, I, I would be pretty surprised if the D-backs you know, just went out there and, and, you know, gave someone three or four million dollars to be a number five starter or something like that. I don't think that's really the the intent here. But I mean, yeah, in its purest form, like free agency is just better because in free agency, <laughs> you don't have to get rid of any players and in yeah. a trade you do. So, I mean, obviously, you're, you know, you're probably going to pay a little bit more in terms of money in order in order to get that. But it's just a decision to open up the wallet. Right. I mean, and like yeah. we've seen. That that does not make you any more of a contender by spending more money, right? And it does not, you know, look at look at what happened this year with all the teams that spent a lot of money that didn't even make the playoffs. So that includes the Padres, that includes the Mets, that includes the Yankees. Uh, this isn't a sure thing. But when you have a team that's close, that's that's got to be tempting. And I mean, when you yeah. talk about the fact that historically the diamondbacks haven't really shied away from making that big move the year after their team made the playoffs the year after their team kind of emerged as a potential contender uh it, it tracks you know i think that that's really ultimately what it comes down to is we can talk about what they're going to spend all, all day but 
they're in control of that and they can change that whenever the hell they please right they they have a lot of money before they start getting taxed on how much money they've spent on players they're not even going to sniff that so they don't have to worry about uh the competitive balance tax or anything like that but (laughs) should they right right we know that right so i'm just saying like if they get to a point where there's something that's close and all it's going to take is money that might happen for this team and they have uh as gabriel asked earlier they have shocked the world before with some of their moves when it came to starting pitching uh and they were they were suddenly signing guys that they weren't even you know in contention for they weren't even in the market supposedly for a zach granke you know or, yeah, or, or you know madison Bumgardner. so uh very interesting to see how this plays out but so far not much not much has happened uh i i think though think though you can get on bet mgm and you might have some future bets on where these guys are going to land and that's a great place uh for you to make these winter meetings more interesting so check out the bet mgm <laughs> somebody's got to make it more interesting derek i What's i don't want to i don't want to just be here in nashville for three yeah. days and just be like speculating on yeah. i know you're you not going to go down to broadway i know you're not going to go get drunk I, and party i i, I, mean, I know that's a to, for you but did i get drunk and party no i did not but yeah. I did go to a barbecue place last night, and it was on it was on Broadway. Let's go. So was I'll it, have you know, Derek, I'm not, I'm not quite as boring as you think I am. Oh, no, I'm probably like ninety percent of it. But I defend you constantly. Maybe not on this show, but in real life, <laughs> no. people that say the things that are like I'm like Jesse's a wild man. You have no idea. Get him out there in Nashville. <laughs> Watch him go crazy. But. Again, like Jesse said, if you need to make the winter meetings more interesting, which I know he does, uh, check out the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Right now, use our code of PHNX. You'll get $200 instantly in bonus bets just for betting $10 at a standard odds price. Super easy. You just got to sign up for an account. Uh, You can do it through iOS or Android on their website at BetMGM.com. Sign up, use our code of PHNX. Once you do, you just deposit 10 bucks. That's all you got to do. 10 bucks or more. You place that $10 at a standard odds price on any qualifying bet. Once you place that qualifying bet, you'll receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. It's wonderful. It's free bets. And there's no no better way to bet than with free bets. Like it's so much more fun when you're not betting with your actual money. You're just betting with money people gave you. So sign up right now for BetMGM. Use that bonus code of PHNX. Get yourself that $200 in bonus bets. You just got to place your first Bet MGM Sportsbook Wager through the mobile application of at least $10. Sign up using our code, of course, of PHNX. Uh, once you have placed that deposit or placed that deposit and made that wager, you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 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 Yeah, we kind of did it. We're a, we're very far apart, but we still got it going on. Uh Jesse, another great thing that people can check out is the Game Times uh app obviously uh for buying tickets. Tickets make an absolutely outstanding holiday gift, by the way. Uh sometimes when you're searching for gifts for that person, that's so hard 
to shop for taking them out to a concert a show a sporting event that is an absolutely great gift and you can buy those tickets on game time you can buy them now for events far away or you can buy them for last minute events because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason snag the tickets without the stress by downloading game time today uh, download the app create an account and use code phnx for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms do apply again create an account redeem code phnx for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right, let's get back to some more Mailbag Monday questions. And before we get to the actual questions from the mailbag, I saw Tim in the chat uh, sent a good question for you, Jesse, in regards to if the Giants and Dodgers get Shohei and Yamamoto, let's just say they oh, add gosh. both to the Giants uh, and the Dodgers. Both of them uh, raise their starting pitching game. Does that pressure Hazen and the Diamondbacks to be more aggressive? I don't think so. I think the D-backs are going to do what the D-backs are going to do. And uh, I mean, Mike Hazen has already openly said when opening day of 2024 comes, the Dodgers are probably going to be expected to be the better team or at least like projected to be the better sure. team. That's something sure. that that he's already acknowledged. And uh, yeah, I mean, if the D-backs were purely reacting to what the Dodgers were doing, I mean, they would feel the need to probably add a, a whole lot more uh this off season or yeah i mean it just wouldn't it wouldn't be possible right i mean the dodgers are the kind of team where i mean with a sort of decimated roster last year they still found a way to win over 100 games it feels like that team can just roll out of bed and win 100 games like it's nothing so i don't expect their actions to have much of an impact on on the diamondbacks well, let's get to some more Mailbag Monday questions. What do we got here? We got Ryan asking uh, a great question. Ryan says, what is the best motivational quote from Tori that comes to mind? What has he said that made you uh, want to run through a wall and say, oh, yeah? Uh, I'm guessing he means like the Kool-Aid man right there. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think we all know the the best motivational quote, Jesse. We made it into a shirt, right? <laughs> but... I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not even joking about this when it comes to this. Uh, you know, we, we've shown it a lot. It got us amped during the playoffs. But I think, do we, do we have the clip? Damon, let's, let's roll that clip. Let's just get right to it. Are you fucking kidding me? Listen, this is part of the journey. We're not there yet. Let's enjoy it. Let's embrace it. Let's fucking party. And the connected team is a fucking dangerous team. We are fucking dangerous. Let's fucking party. <laughs> Let's go. Even with our little subscribe ending there at the end. I'm ready to run through the brick wall, Jesse. Oh, my God. All right. Well, no, you know, there's a lot of cursing. He owes a lot of money to the swear jar there, obviously. So that can be said, but uh, there is something to be said about what that means. Holy shit. Jesse saying a connected team is a fucking dangerous team and we're fucking dangerous. Like that, that that's what happened. That's what happened with this team. That's what happens with so many teams when it comes to the playoffs in any sport, right? Usually, you know, we call them an underdog team or, you know, what, whatever the case may be, you know, a, a ragtag group of rebels that came together to defeat the empire, right? Like just, there's something to be said about, you know, sometimes 
you know, no matter how talented some of these other teams are, no matter how much money has been spent on them, there's no, there's no soul to the team. There is no soul to the team. This team had a heartbeat. They had a soul. They experienced ups and downs. They experienced losses. And when I say losses, I just don't mean, you know, injuries and, and actual losses in games. I mean, they watched some of their, you know, veteran leaders just get DFA'd this season because this team was just a wagon that was on a roll and they couldn't stop for guys that were holding them back in any way. They needed to try to keep advancing. And in a lot of cases that meant parting ways with members of this roster that were very difficult decisions, frankly, you know what I mean? Like very, very hard. And, And like, I don't know, there was just something that as this team went through all of that, the, the camaraderie, the, 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 the connection just built throughout the year. And I think that's, it culminated in what they were able to do in the playoffs when everybody was doubting them. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of moments throughout the playoffs. I mean, uh, I think as some, you know, as someone who's, you know, talking with Tori every day that I heard it, I heard it quite a bit, but just him going on and on about how much the Diamondbacks were doubted throughout that entire postseason run. And I remember him talking about how, um, you know, there was a whole narrative about how they should reseed after the first round of oh, the playoffs. That's, what an insult that was, and, right? And, like, that was yeah. a direct insult to his team, for sure. Yeah, it was like, well, the Braves should have had a chance to pick on the lowly Diamondbacks. Is, you know, that's the way that Tori described it. And he didn't take too kindly to that, you know? Yeah. I mean, he he very much believes in his team. And you could tell, I mean, when he was saying those things, he wasn't doing it just because it was sort of the thing that you're supposed to say when you're being, you know, sort of bad mouthed by other teams, you could tell there was some conviction there. Like there was, there was some, some emotion in those words when he was talking about that, he really, you know, believes strongly in, in his guys. And as far as I could tell, they, they respond well to that. I could also uh, give an honorable mention to the video I posted on Twitter at once where Tori looked at me and asked where I was, uh, where I had been. Uh, what I was doing with my life, how I was sending you everywhere and letting you do all of the work. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, that was a, that was motivation for me personally. That was probably the most motivational for, (laughs) well, I just felt like, like, wow, I'd really let things slip. I need to need to get things in gear. We're trying to win a championship here and here I am, (laughs) you know, not even coming to the yard anymore, not even showing up to do the work. Right. So uh, yeah, that was a, that was another moment for me personally. Uh, What else we got, Damon? Oh, known, known troublemaker piece of Yoshi asks, how long do you think it is until Kyle Lewis is signed by the Mets because time is a flat circle? Uh, <laughs> has that not happened yet? I would have thought that that would have happened already. <laughs> I'm not aware of Kyle Lewis having signed anywhere at this point. Yeah, no, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, well, we got it, another it one. It what is funny to name? think. Oh, go ahead. It's just funny to think back to a year ago when Kyle Lewis was acquired by the Diamondbacks and Cooper Hummel was acquired by the Mariners. And I think both sides were kind of intrigued at what they were getting in that deal. And, you know, a year later, the, uh, the, you know, Cooper Hummel is no longer with the Mariners. He was claimed off waivers by those Mets and the Diamondbacks, of course, non-tendered Kyle Lewis as well. So yeah, it's, it's baseball, right? I mean, one one day, you know, yeah. you're kind of excited about the the new cool thing in town, and then a year later, you you know, you're looking back like, why did I get myself so excited yeah. about that? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, well, Kyle, Kyle, that 
that's the brutality of this game. He he's a talented guy that was hampered by injuries, and yeah, it's, that's like one of the worst scenarios. Like it sucks when a guy just isn't good at baseball anymore. It sucks when you know they have a like an incredible start to their career and then things kind of fizzle out. It's worse when you know they experience injuries that literally change the player they are and you kind of feel like you yeah. never even got to see him reach his full potential of, of what he could have been unfortunately anywhere like three anywhere. major knee surgeries i mean that'll yeah that'll do it right there <laughs> uh ryan h in the chat asks when is the lime green hair coming derek and that is uh, a reference to a twitter post uh, i got to go to the aps light parade this weekend jesse uh and it was an absolute blast it is one of phoenix's best holiday traditions for those of you that don't know uh they start the parade at brown bethany at home home road on central you know wherever they start all the parades where they start the fiesta bowl parade and all that but they shut off all the lights jesse like all the residential lights all the street lights down central are all shut off and every parade uh like like the old school disney uh light parade every float is filled with lights and and all sorts of cool stuff they had all the marching bands were all wrapped in lights and everything uh and our very own arizona diamondbacks were there including corbin carroll uh he was on one of the cars uh and i got actually bumped into ryan nelson and alec thomas alec mm -hmm. asked me if i still had purple hair i was wearing um a silly pluto hat so of course that's when I bump into these guys is where I'm dressed ridiculously. But come on, <laughs> let's be honest. When am I not dressed ridiculously? Yeah, but, I mean, that's uh, just par for the course, Derek. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was very cool. And uh, Alec was awesome. He asked me if the hair was purple and then he told me I needed to go with lime green uh, next. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Lourdes is changing his hair to lime green or if Alec just wants to select my hair color like i'm a create a character on a video game but i'm with it so we might see lime green hair derek next year i don't know we'll find out but uh was uh i just wanted to recommend everybody to check out that parade next year or any chance you get in the future it's absolutely uh one of our our best things that we do around the holidays in this town and i absolutely love it had a blast this year there were a lot of people out there too a lot of people out there uh all right let's get one more question in and i gotta let jesse go because i'm sure there's a lot of people standing behind this camera staring at him uh wondering when he's gonna wrap it up uh phoenix suns believe it or not Derek, there is there's nobody here i am they just the, left you there with the camera i am the only person <laughs> in like a two million square foot hotel <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, well, I guess we can go all night then. Uh, last question. It says, what are the chances these three players land with the D-backs? All right, so we're going to do Jorge Soler, Shane Bieber, J.D. Martinez. Let's get a percentage chance, Jesse. What do you oh, think gosh. the percentage <laughs> chances of them landing Jorge Soler? <laughs> oh, my goodness. 25%? No. 15%? No, no higher than that? It can't be no, it can't be that high. Um, oh. I mean, if yeah, if I'm like keying in on one specific player of those three, I, of yeah, so I think Solaire, I would probably put at I don't know, like five percent, maybe like not not unreasonable. I mean, one at one out of twenty, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shane Shane Bieber, I think does does make some sense. Is a guy who is not like your number one. Right at this point, Shane Bieber's not really that guy, but he would slot into the Diamondbacks rotation, give some stability, you know, in, in front of Brandon Fott. That could make some sense. Again, we heard what we heard today about the D backs leaning free agency over trade in the starting pitching market. 
Uh, I guess I'll go 3% on that one. And then JD Martinez is the last one. Um, I think I, I think with Martinez, I would maybe go uh, like 7 or 8%, something oh. like that. So you, you think the, the highest likelihood there is JD Martinez? Yeah, right? I think the highest is JD Martinez, all that to say. All right. I think I think I would agree with that. That's probably the order I would put them in, and uh, whatever ridiculous percentages I made you do there, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's one of the most outrageous things that they like. The question did not ask that. That was all on. I know. You. I know. I, I, I could put my own spin on things. That's what. That's what hosting uh, gets me. Uh, I can't really be wrong for- though. Like, like there's no way to, there's no way to disprove a percentage, right? Like if I say something at a 7% chance of happening, if it happens, then I'm not wrong. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm also not wrong. So I I guess it's, I guess it's pretty safe. Uh, Ethan says the lime green came from Gabby's Instagram. Did Gabby dye his hair lime green? Is that, I need to find out. I'm, I'm not doing my job as an investigative. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he did. I think that's what it was. All right. I, Yeah. Then the answer is yes. Then the answer is yes. I may have gotten chemical burns on my scalp last time, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. I have very sensitive skin, so uh, we'll see. But uh, you also had a shout out for a former Arizona Diamondback special assistant scouting director that you might have bumped into there. And in that, yeah, I, at some point we need to give a shout out to all of the uh, the Diamondbacks have hired and and lost a number of people for a number of different roles here over the last few days. They have, uh, they have a new farm director in Sean Larkin. We haven't really gotten a chance to dive into his background and why that hire made sense for the D backs and whatnot. So we'll have to catch up on those things soon, but I did run into Derek Ladnier today, uh, who is the former diamondbacks, uh, uh, scouting director, longtime scouting director for the D backs, uh, moved into a special assistant role more recently as Ian Rebin, uh, moved into the, the full-time, uh, scouting director role for the D backs. But Derek Ladnier was just hired by the Houston Astros to become their scouting director. And it's funny because the Houston Astros pick directly in front of the diamondbacks in the 2024 <laughs> draft. So you've got Derek Ladnier heading up the Astros, uh, picking and then immediately after him is Ian Rebin, who I wrote a story about them last year. They, those two are very, very close. Uh, Derek Gladnier was sort of a mentor, big time mentor figure for for Ian Rebin in his young career. So them picking back to back in in the draft is pretty funny. But yeah, Derek is a is a great guy and uh, ran into him today and and congrats to him and, and best of luck in Houston. That's incredible. Well, hopefully we will have more news for you tomorrow uh, from day two. Hopefully. Well, is it is it day two or day three? Where are we at on the actual day? I don't know. Yeah, I I think when I filmed the short today, I'm pretty sure I said day one, which I I had kind of an existential crisis after that because I was like, (laughs) well, I don't know, like Sunday. I don't know. Like I checked in on Sunday. I got my badge. I think maybe some of the GMs were here. So uh, today felt like day one. Tuesday feels like day two. Uh, so I guess we can, I guess we can roll with that. That's what we're going with. So hopefully we have some more information on you uh, for you on day two. We'll be back at this same time tomorrow night at 7 30 PM. Uh, and then on Wednesday, got a little bit of a rule five draft happening. So, uh, we are still TBD on when Jesse is going to be available based on Mike Hazen's meet availability, but we will keep you guys posted on that in the meantime. A great gift this holiday season. If you need more ideas for gifts, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you out with all sorts of gift ideas. Is getting your uh, family members, your loved ones, your friends, a pair of Shady Rays sunglasses. Shady Rays are gear built to last. They are just as good 
quality as those expensive sunglass companies without costing you nearly as much. They also have the most insane lost and broken replacement plan in all of eyewear. They told us, and I have taken them up on this, uh, that they will replace your sunglasses even on day one should you lose them or break them. Uh, there's no risk at all when you shop. And if you do not like your Shady Rays, should you order them online from ShadyRays.com, you can return them for free, uh, get your money back, or get a new pair. Uh, within 30 days no uh, hassle at all when you shop with shady rays unlike jesse who hassles me about everything uh, shady rays is currently their biggest sale of the year for black friday don't miss out on the best deals for shades snow goggles and prescription sunglasses go to shadyrays.com and try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people uh, and again this one might be a little bit more complicated there might be some more moving parts but uh, maybe surprise your your significant other or whoever you live in your home with with brand new flooring this holiday season. And a great uh, place to do that is with the legendary company Empire Today. Empire Today will also allow you to do all of that shopping from home, just like Amazon does. Uh, but this is a little bit more significant. There's a little bit more uh, planning to do here rather than just hopping on and getting a lightning deal. Uh, Empire Today has a curated uh, product list that will help you find exactly what you need, exactly what you're looking for without going through millions and millions of samples uh, of things that you're not looking for. And they also have their vir virtual floor designer, which will allow you to check out how the new flooring will look in your space or any space uh, with a picture uh, online, simple and easy, no need to have anybody come in your house uh, with samples and all of this other stuff. Empire Today prides itself on their convenient shop at home service. So check them out today. Schedule a free in-home estimate. All listeners will receive $350 off when they use promo code PHNX, restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. And that, once again, is Empire Today. All right. That wasn't a good one. I didn't get a good one on that one. No. Uh, it's late. My voice is kind of shot at this time of night. I go to bed right now. This is usually when Jesse starts writing. This is when Jesse actually starts yep. uh, the working process, and this <laughs> is when I get my beauty sleep. So that's where that's where we are two completely different people, as if we didn't already have enough uh, differences between us. There's another <laughs> one for you. But uh, we will be back, like I said, tomorrow night at 7.30. You can make sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Damon is here, believe it or not, whether you can see him or not. Uh, and we are still Damon's dogs. Bark, bark. Bark, bark. All right. And you can follow Damon at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G. Uh, of course, our shows at PHNX underscore d but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for your time. We appreciate you stopping by. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when something actually happens at the winter meetings. <laughs> ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.